I want to move into our, what we're doing, what we're doing going forward, what we're doing today, uh, why we're doing what we do, the, the reason we do what we do. Vision leaks. You know, we talk about vision, and, and vision does leak. I mean, if, if I'm not reminded constantly, that's why God told, told Moses to write it on the doorpost, give it to the people, make them, make them tell their children often because vision just leaks. The mission of who we are and what we do, what, why we do what we do, is because we want to love people right where they are. We have a lot of uh, unchurched or out-of-church people who have been coming to thrive, who come to thrive, and maybe you're some of those, but our purpose is to love people right where they are and then help them become all God created them to be. We love you too much to let you stay where you're at, where you, where you were. And that's, that's the only re- way to reach is just to love people where they are. That's the heart of what we do. It's the heart of, of Thrive Community Church. If we can just get, get that connection, that relationship. And once we do that, the process of how we do that, we want everybody. We want to introduce the real Jesus to everyone. I don't mean a church Jesus. I don't mean religion. I'm talking about that true relational Jesus Christ that came to earth and who will return yet again, who has left us his Holy Spirit for the sake of love and grace and compassion and mercy. We want to connect with the the broken, the hurt, the wounded, the tormented. We want to connect with them and help them become all God created them to be. What's the next step in that? We want them to find freedom. We're in our series right now, Wild and Free, because we think life should be a little bit wild and free. And, and I mean, not the type, type most of us used to live, where it's like, yeah, it was wild and free. No, we weren't. We were in bondage, and thankfully we got out of that bondage, and now we're truly living free, wild and free in the Holy Spirit and just loving people where they are. And then, and then we want them to, to, to we want to connect them to purpose. It's one of the three main needs of every human being that as soon as we come out of the womb is, what is my purpose? Why did I come out of there? Seriously. We want to know where we belong. We want to know what our identity is, to whom we belong. And then we want to know why. And that's purpose. We want to connect every person to purpose. That's what we're doing here. Why is that? So that we can make a difference. Because everybody wants to make a difference with people who make a difference literally doing something that truly makes a difference. And it's hard because anytime you come with a mediocre heart, you're never going to make an impact. And so in order to truly engage and truly to make an impact, you got, we've got to kind of get rid of that mediocre heart that we tend to carry, right? We do. We'll go to work and then we go to church. Well, usually we give all we got at work and we give what we can and what we have left over at church. In reality, as believers, if we could make the shift, reality is we should give everything that we have to the church, and I mean the big C church, as the church, and then it just happens to be that we work as well. There's a shift in a believer that has to take place because in the four I wills, we talk about Exodus 6, 6, God says, I will bring you out. And then he says, I will make you my people. I will deliver you. So once he brings us out of bondage, the old wild and, wild and free, yeah. and now he's trying to bring the bondage out of each and every one of us so that we'll think from the mind of Christ, we'll think as the body of Christ. The only way we're truly going to bring world change around us, and that's what we're here to do. Yeah. I mean, we have to be able to agree on that place that we are all here 
to be centered on Christ, to bring world change wherever we go, and that happens to be in the workplace. If we're going to talk about structure and order in our own lives, it should be God, spouse, children, ministry, then work. We got this ministry and work thing. I work, and then I, happen to, I might do some ministry. The reason ministry is over work is because I'm ministering everywhere I go. I should be, I'm, I am a believer. I am part of the body of Christ. I am here to be an influence. Where are, we are constantly moving the needle in people's lives. If, we can, if you're looking at a, a negative 20 to a positive 20 scale, a lot of us, we just want to be moving people from zero to 20. The reality is we're often pe- moving people from a negative 20 to a negative 19, and then maybe a negative 18. If we can just be the body of Christ and use our influence right where we are, everywhere we go, then we can bring the conversation level even to introducing Jesus to the people we're, we're talking with. And as we introduce just love, just loving on the people, as we introduce Jesus, well, they're going to know, they're going to know where, where we come from, what we believe, why we are that way. And if they don't, you know what? We move the needle because we introduce Jesus. We move the needle from negative 20 to negative 19. We're working as the body of Christ, and maybe somebody at another church has a, same, a similar conversation with this person who moves them from negative 19 to negative 18. Sometimes we put too much pressure on ourselves to do everything when really it's upon the Holy Spirit to do the work, and we're just here to yield to the Holy Spirit. And that's what we want for every person. That's why our mission and vision is what it is. That's why we're, we're moving towards our next phase of a church, and we're needing, we're needing a place to facilitate all of the needs of the people, but develop our people. We're the part of the vision, the vision of Thrive Community Church in using what we, we're calling the Transformation Center, really, is to raise up healthy marriages, healthy families. Most importantly, we need to restore, restore the body of Christ at the family level. Right, man? I mean, come on. And then develop the next generation. There is culture is putting plenty of negative leaders out in this world, Right? There was a shift, there was a heavy shift, and you know, we had the, the Jesus culture, the Jesus movement, and man, that was awesome. I love that so many people got saved through that, but the heart was, we had this strong move of evangelism in that season, and a lot of those people, they didn't go into colleges, they didn't go into universities, and now our government leaders are a lot of the people who didn't get saved, and therefore, we're hitting that wave on the big level, we're hitting that wave of those who didn't get saved, they weren't in the Jesus movement, they were just trying to go through college and go through university, and now there are government leaders, etc. But there's another wave that's coming, because whenever there's darkness, the light just going to shine brighter. That's part of the vision of Thrive Community Church, is to raise up that next generation of ministry leaders, of missionaries. Our heart is to plant other churches, healthy thriving churches, not only in our area, but even with our international partners, our missions partners. So our heart is to take back what has taken place in this religion movement that has taken place and bring relationship and restore spirituality and health back to the church. It's going to also take those parachurch ministries. 
The church shouldn't have to do all things. They should be raising up parachurches. Is a ministry that comes out from under the church is still connected, but it serves a specific purpose. In fact, one of my brothers just walked in, who in Houston and Conroe, if I, if I had time to come and let you give testimony, all the, the, not only his life, but the lives of people, I think 140 got saved last year through the ministry of driving around America. This is what the parachurch ministry does. It goes out and it serves a specific purpose or purposes. And the church helps, helps to fund that, helps to back that. It would be great if the church could do all things, but it's not there. It's the big C church. We got to think kingdom. We're all part of the same body. We get so focused on our little spot. We've got to quit squatting and bring our best to this place and start rising up and pushing the boundaries a little bit so that we can work together with other ministries, other churches. Part of who we are, planting other healthy churches, we said, sending out parachurch ministries. Grow. We want to grow spiritually led business people. Man. We need spiritually led business people, people who truly believe my business belongs to the Lord and I'm going to serve the Lord through my business, shifting the generation of those who, yeah, they went straight into ministry, straight into evangelism. They, they didn't get into the government. We want to raise up those government leaders. We want to raise up the arts, the leaders in the arts. We want the, our people with arts and, and, and the ability to really have, mu- musical, to have mu- musical talents to know that there is a place in the church for them. Because guess what? They didn't feel accepted in the past because the church didn't accept their style. Therefore, they went and used it in the world. And these people have the gift of God, gifts of God on their lives, and they were rejected because of their gifts by the church. we got to shift that. We've got to take that back. we got to create room, make, create margin. That's what we're here to do. We've got to have space for that, though. And so, uh, in fact, the this, this second worship experience, we actually have a, a place for that our leaders. We have this leadership pipeline that we have. We, our heart is that everyone is growing spiritually, just moving the needle. I want you to think about moving the needle. You hit the gas. When you hit that gas, that needle moves, right? Yeah. yeah. We want to move that needle, though, in your spiritual life. After, the, after our second service here, second worship experience, Pastor Rick is going to be hosting a, an interest meeting for a Thrive Tribe leader. Those who are interested in just being a Thrive Tribe leader, maybe I can do this. I don't know. Uh, I'm curious about what it takes to be a Thrive Tribe leader. Move the needle in your life. If you're curious at any level, hang around. Have that conversation. Call Pastor Rick up. Say, hey, what about this? That's, that's why we do these things. That's why we have Equip Track. On 721, on, on July 21st, that's why we have this equip track. It's to help you move the needle in your spiritual life to take your faith life to that next step. I don't know what to do. I've been here stuck in plateau for maybe a year, maybe 30 years. Let us help you. We want to partner with you and show you the journey that we believe is completely scriptural that God set out for all of us, and we want to help you come along and move the needle in your life just going into that next step, guess what? It's going to feel uncomfortable. It is. God is not concerned about our comfort zones, though. (laughs) In fact, it's usually where you are. You all of a sudden start to have this grumbling inside. You're a little bit agitated. You're a little bit irritated. I mean, and there's there's no wild hair there. (laughs) 
It's just you're plateaued, and God is trying to move you out of your seat, and you're bucking the system of what God wants to do, and you're angry. And all of a sudden, you start taking it out on everybody else. Well, God's saying, hey, if you just move, if you just move a little bit, you start to give of yourself a little bit. If you start to just, just work in that direction, we got to get the mediocre out so that our hearts can truly be engaged into what God is doing. That's, that's what we're here to do. That's why we do what we do. In fact, if you think about the disciples, they, there is, there's four things that Jesus taught them, and these are a process of discipleship. A lot of times we think, well, i got to go get in the Word to get discipled. Yes, that's one of the things that, God, that Jesus showed the disciples, was to know His Word. He would speak His Word. But prayer, then serving. Notice he would always put them on assignment. He was constantly putting them out on assignment because he was discipling them. In our process of discipleship, there should be assignment uh, involved. There should be serving involved. There should be prayer. There should be being in the Word. But part of discipleship is also being on assignment, being serving. But then he taught them also to give. There is no gospel without these four elements. There's no true gospel without these four elements. There is, in fact, let me tell you this way. Believers, true believers, embrace these four elements. Praying, being in the Word, serving, and giving. I know I'm a follower of Christ when I'm doing these four things. I know I'm on the throne when I choose to do three, two, One, I'm not putting God on the throne. I'm not following Jesus Christ. So I want to challenge you to move the needle in your spiritual life from you being on the throne to truly putting Jesus on the throne and begin to follow him in his model, Jesus' model, in these four areas. I want to to show you something that we have coming up as well. Uh, If you will go to the, the next slide, the next graphic. Here is... Here's our future right here. here. Here's our phase one of how we fulfill this vision of raising up leaders, raising up the next generation, empowering, impacting, and changing lives. This is the, this is the actual uh, the parking lot, the building location. This is kind of this is what the civil engineer has to have so that we can see where all the water drainage is. If you go to the next one, and here's our floor plan right here. We're going to actually show you this a little bit later. You'll be able to see this a little bit closer. And if you'll go to the next one, there you go. There's the front view right here and the back view on the bottom. It's going to be kind of cool. We've got two double doors on the front, but then we've got a garage door that just opens up. Right up front, glass garage doors. People just walk on in. Just come on. Everything that we're doing is trying to create community. It's going to be a nice sitting, seating area outside, out front of the, of the front there. If you'll go back to the front, the front view... Right outside the front, seating areas and along the side can be seating areas as well. We want the community. I don't care if they come to church or at Thrive Community Church or not. If they need a place to have a picnic, let them come. That, we want them to feel welcome to just show up, be able to sit there, uh, be loved on, because we're going to be there, staff's going to be there during the week, and, and we want to serve them. We want to serve our community. Okay, you can go to the next one. And then the side view here, out of the sanctuary, there's going to be two larger garage doors. If you are where you are literally, let's just say in that view, 
we're going to have a place to have outdoor events, a green lawn, so we can have nights of worship out on the lawn. We can actually open it up, and on the other side of those garage doors is the sanctuary. So we have an open flow from sanctuary into the green lawn, so we can have game night, we can have movie night, we can have all kinds of things. That we want to attract the community. We're, you're thinking about right and where we're at, there's, there's lost people traveling all through there 24 hours a day. But while we're there, we want them to feel welcome. We want them to have a place where they can just come in and just be loved on. We, uh, we, we, want, we want them to experience what you feel every Sunday. And we believe, we believe it's going to take not only a facility to get there, but it's also going to take leadership to get there. We've been working very hard in the background trying to make it as seamless and smooth as possible to, we're, as we're structuring internally throughout the week and we're building up leaders, we're raising up leaders, we're developing people who are the next generation leaders. The, the church in general is going through a great shift. A lot of our, our uh, leaders of larger churches, any churches, they're starting to retire. There's a next generation taking over. And we've got to be very, very aware of what God is doing in this whole season. This next 10 years is going to be very interesting for the body of Christ. Think bigger. Think, got to get out of our little shell. Got to get out of our little county here. Yeah. The, the next 10 years is going to be very interesting for the body of Christ and how fast the church moves forward. Because yeah. there is a new generation that's taken over. Yeah. And yes, they're led by God. They're, they are spirit-filled leaders who are led by God to do the work of the ministry, to develop saints for the work of the ministry. I want to, I want to give you some, some uh, text on that. In Exodus 18, I love this story because it, it, it's, it's humorous to me a little bit. In Exodus 18, you see uh, that Moses' father-in-law shows up, Jethro, good old Jethro. See, Jethro, Jethro was a saint. Uh, I'm sorry, he was a saint, but he was a priest in, in Midian. And Moses, whenever he escaped Egypt, he left and he went to, he went and he, he became a family member with, with Jethro by marrying his daughter, Zipporah. Forty years he served Jethro. In 40 years, he watched Jethro uh, as a priest. Forty years later, here's Moses. He's gone out on a venture that God called him into. And Jethro shows up, and he brings Zipporah because Moses' daughter was so upset about the way the single pastor church ran the church, put in context of this, the way her daddy ran the church because nobody else would step up and serve so he got, he got burned out, and she got burned out, and she was upset with Moses. And so she said, no, if you're going to go do that, you go on your own. So here Jethro is bringing Sephora. That's the modern-day translation of that. <laughs> Jethro's like, I've had enough. You're going to have to take her back, Moses. Just kidding. So he brings her back to her. He brings her back to, her, to him. And he, but he sees what Moses is doing. And here's the point. He sees what Moses is doing. Moses got lines of people and he's sitting there making the judgments day after day on what the people should be doing. Here's it. So Moses' father-in-law said to him, The thing that you do is not good. Both you and these people who are with you will surely wear yourselves out. For this thing is too much for you. You are not able to perform it by yourself. Listen now to my voice. I will give you counsel, and God will be with you. Stand before God for the people, so that you may bring the difficulties to God. And you shall teach them to the statutes and the laws and show them the way in which they must walk and the way that they must do. 
So here's, here's what Jethro is saying. From all my experience, here's what I've learned, Moses. You can't do all of this. You can't do all the work of the ministry. Your role is to teach them what God's Word says so that they will know what to do when. They will know how to make decisions on their own and how to lead on their own, how to develop their families on their own. He says, moreover, verse 21, you shall select from all the people able men such as fear God, men of truth, hating covetousness, and place such over them, such men, sorry, over them, and to be rulers of thousands, rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties, and rulers of tens. What he's saying is, Guys, Moses, you're going to have to bring people around you. You're going to have to bring and develop leaders around you, leaders who lead people, leaders who can lead others. You've got to stop doing all this. You're going to burn yourself out and let them judge the people at all times, he says. Then it will be that every great matter they shall bring to you. Everything that they can't decide on, then Moses, let them bring those issues to you so you're not stressing yourself out and wearing yourself down. But every small matter they themselves shall judge. So it will be easier for you, for they will bear the burden with you. If you do this thing, verse 23, and God so commands you, then you will be able to endure, and all this people will also be able to will go to their place in peace. Isn't that interesting? Why are we just now getting this thousands and thousands of years later? Why are, that single pastor church that was always burned out and the members always got burned out. They didn't get, they didn't get, their needs didn't get supplied like they should have. And the body of Christ didn't grow. Are you following me? You tracking with me? This is the very thing that Jethro was trying to tell Moses thousands of years ago to lean away from. Develop leaders. Put them in place. Teach the people how to make good decisions according to the word of God on their own. And then let the leaders lead the others. Man, it's, it's so good. Yeah. I want you to think about Jesus. He did the same. Jesus' model was similar. You notice we always hear about Peter, James, and John. Peter, James, and John. Peter, James, and John. It's interesting that he always used Peter, James, and John. And it's almost as if each one of those three had three that they would lead. Yes, all, all 12 were disciples, but we hear a lot about Peter, James, and John. And then you hear the ladies of the Bible, Mary, Mary, Martha. You hear these ladies are always by Jesus' side. You think about administrative assistance, women get stuff done. You want somebody to get something done, give it to a woman, and it, it will get done. Sounds like an administrative assistant to me. He had several of them. In fact, Martha, she, she must have been top-notch. Martha, Martha. You see how... It's biblical. Acts 6, look at this. This is when the church had actually started. This is amazing. The church had already, boom, 3,000 were saved on the first day. And now here are the disciples. Jesus is gone. They left, he left them the Holy Spirit to lead the church. He says, now in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists. Because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. Then the twelve summoned, the twelve disciples summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, It is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. They're saying, the disciples are saying, Man, Jesus didn't show us to go and do all things. He showed us how to pray, how to be in the word, how to serve, and how to give. So, what we'll do is, this right here. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, 
seven leaders, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will, we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And these sayings pray, uh, please the whole multitude. And they chose Stephen, a man of full of faith of the, and the Holy Spirit, Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Taman, and Permenes, and, and Nicholas, sorry, a proselyte from Antioch, whom they set before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid, laid hands on them. And the apostles, the twelve disciples, affirmed who God had appointed. They laid, when they laid hands upon them, they just affirmed what God was doing. There's something, there's a transference that happens on the laying on of hands. There's an anointing that's enrich, enriched and increased through the laying on of hands that takes place. And it was these, the, the disciples said, we are here to be in the Word and teach people the Word. We need leaders to lead others who do the work of the ministry. Are you seeing the pattern of God's pattern through this? And you see how we might have got it mixed up in the old model of doing church and depending on that one pastor to do everything while we sat in our pews? I know it's a lot because there's a huge shift. We're talking about change. And the only thing constant is change. And look at this. 1 Peter 4.10 says, As each one has given, has received a gift, minister to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace. We have all been given gifts. You've been given a gift. You've been given gifts. You've been given probably a cluster of gifts. Why was I given those gifts? To serve you? Here's how I, I serve you best. I develop leaders during the week. I serve you from up here. And you too are here to serve others around you. The way you use your, the gifts that God has given you, the way you can best use those is just serve the people according to the gift that God has given you. Here's the thing. A lot of times we say, I can't do this because of this. What we're saying is, there's grace that I need over here, but God is saying, if you'll just steward the little bit of grace that you have right now, there's a manifold grace. There's something you'll pour in. There's a treasure that you'll start to get poured out on you if you just start to use what you got according to what's going on. And in the using, the manifold grace of God begins to pour out upon you. And all of a sudden, because I'm unplugging and I'm serving and I'm using what God is, the little bit that I feel like God has given me, the increase starts to happen. And that's right with all four of those aspects, whether your prayer life increase, your, your word understanding of the word increases, your serving increases, but also the giving increases because God actually gives more seed to the sower. We'll bring it to Paul's, Paul's words. He gives more seed to the sower. And then he tells us not to eat our seed, but eat the bread. You see, seed, when it's plowed, whenever it's grown and developed, you can make bread out of it. But seed multiplies. Seed is to be invested. When God begins to give that increase, a lot of times we start living on the increase. Rather, God is saying, I want you to invest this increase. I want you to stay humble right here in these means work off the increase, let the increase work for you, but then that way you'll be able to give more. That's how God multiplies the ability for us to be able to give. Those four aspects right there. And I believe that all of our, our spiritual gifts have more power. They have a greater impact when we're aligned for one vision. Think about that. When we set out and we, we're in agreement to raise up next generation leaders for healthy family, healthy marriages, 
to set out to really develop next level per, uh, church planners, missionaries, parachurch leaders, those hospitality leaders, the, kid, the leaders in the kids' ministries who are changing the lives. They're chosen to invest in the next generation. They've chosen to be completely 100% pre, present when they show up. They're not just lackadaisical, just kind of, I'm here, I guess I will do this thing. No, they came with presence. They came with the anointing of God. They came with preparation because they know on that weekend, their mission was to change the lives of little ones because that little one one day will be leading me from the platform, and if I can just invest while I have a chance right now, I will be a part of seeing the body of Christ take back darkness in this world and be a vessel, be an avenue, be a contributor to the real change in this world. But I got to get that mindset that what I'm doing every weekend and throughout the week is on mission. Because when I don't, I've got a mediocre heart, I'm not engaged, I'm barely present even though I'm present. No vision will ever be fulfilled, whether it's your own or it's the church's. Whether it's God's or it's, where the, it's the desires of your own heart. Your own heart. They'll never be fulfilled without engagement. They'll never be fulfilled without presence, being fully present. They'll never, never, never be fulfilled without you doing a little bit of work on the backside. There's a backstage and there's a front stage. And boy, it takes a lot of work on the backstage just to be able to do the little bit on the front stage. It takes a lot. Ephesians 4.11 says this, And he gave some to be apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. He gave some to be leaders for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. Notice how he puts in order things. He gave these leaders to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. In the church, there's going to be all types, and there always will be, because we're all in different places in our journey. But if we're not choosing to move that needle in our lives, we will get stagnant, we'll be grumpy, we'll have a wild hair somewhere, and God is saying, I need you to get off your seat and get involved and get pressing in and get to moving the needle of the kingdom of God because I'm coming. I'm coming, and he says, I'm wondering if I'll find anybody with faith when I return. His word, his word, but it takes leaders rising up. He says, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, for the edifying of the body of Christ. When you serve, you're edifying till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. God is trying to move us into a place. You need to know that you are the body. Like, the, we're waiting for Jesus to return. He's returning through you, and he will one day return. you got to know I'm not just a body that's headless because Jesus is the head. You're the body. You're the body of Jesus Christ, and in the body of Jesus Christ is the full anointing of everything that must take place, but you got to move the needle. you got to get engaged a little bit. you got to say, his vision's bigger than my vision's. I'm going to serve his vision over my own vision. So I want to show you our org chart and what we've been working on. And you, you probably can't see it. We'll give you another version. But maybe you can. You see the, the lead pastor here. We have executive pastor. This one's actually of community. There's a whole other wing to this right here. But where you see XP of community, that, that's, Rick, that's Rick Garrett. 
He's stepping into that. He's like, Lord is calling me to do something more. And I said, Rick, I think you can do this. What do you say? He goes, man, I can do that. I believe that. I, when I saw that, when I understood what that was, I, I, I told myself, I felt like the Lord, I can do that. In the second service, we're actually ordaining him and his wife. But you understand, you see, yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. And, and this is a call, this is an answer to very prophetic, prophetic words that Rick has. And not only in his family line, too. There's something spiritual in your DNA that God is waiting to unlock as well. And what we want you to see is, you see campus life, equip track, men's and women's, you see freedom. Like, those should be the leaders that he's directly, he's directly engaged with. While those leaders are directly engaged with others, and the hospitality, the greeters, the security, facility, over here, freedom, the altar team, tribes, counseling, whole ministry. This is leaders raising up leaders. Do you have the graphic from Moses' graphic? So if you look at this, here's what Jethro told Moses to do. Moses, you're the leader. And we know his brother Aaron was a great assistant. But then he said, I want you to raise up leaders of tens, of fifties, of hundreds, and of thousands. Jethro said, here's your org chart, buddy. Here's how you need to do work. Here's how you need to minister to people. Here's how you need to save your own life so that you can endure, literally. You'll go back to the next, the next org chart. And then you have XP of Ministries. That's Pastor Lacey. We're, we're, in, we're ordaining her next service as well, too. Yeah. She's got a load. Look at this. Next gen, the whole next generation. Like, Lacey, our whole next generation of the body of Christ depends on you. <laughs> and you. <laughs> and you. We got, we're looking, you know, God, we believe God's going to raise up or bring to our house that next generation leader, that next generation pastor. Youth leader, hey, Logan's over here working, doing work over here. We're, look, we're waiting for God to bring up the right kids pastor who oversees these four teams. And then over here, worship production. Look at this, under worship production, tech arts, worship team leader, creative communication, who each have leadership under them. That's a lot of work for one person, isn't it? She will get burned out if God doesn't raise up. And we don't partner with God to raise up that next generation leader. Yeah. She'll be spent. And guess who suffers? We all do. Yeah, we it, takes, it takes heart of engagement, contribute, contributing, being willing to say, I see myself in this role. I'm ready. To be willing to say, that vision is bigger than my visions. I'm ready. It's to be kingdom-minded. To truly be kingdom-minded and say, I, I want to move the needle in not only in my life, but this church's life. I'm ready to move that needle. That's why we have, after the second service, an opportunity for you guys to sit down with Rick and hear about what it takes to be a, a Thrive Tribe leader. And I'm telling you, it is cookies on the bottom shelf. You will get it. You, you will get it. You will feel so empowered. I can do this. Yes, you can. I promise you, you can do this. So, I want to do, we want to do something very special uh, this morning. We're going to do it in both services. We don't have enough time for to do everybody in one service, but I would like to invite Elizabeth and Tony Roberts up here at this time. We're actually ordaining Elizabeth. If you could go to the other, the, the previous, or the XP of Communities, and you'll see this counseling over here. See it under freedom. You see freedom and then tribes, counseling and whole. Well, 
Well, Elizabeth, alongside Lori, have really been spearheading the whole ministry. That's our freedom ministry. They have done a lot of work in the backstage, so that when they came front stage, they could really show you, here's, here's, all, here's what we got. Here's what we've been pouring ourselves into when nobody else is watching, nobody else sees it, nobody else knows. They're bringing their hard work, their dedication, their time in prayer, their time in the Word up to the forefront, which is bringing healing into the body. But she also has been counseling. In fact, you got your master's in, in counseling, right? In May or June? You got your license. Very, very, very good. And so she was technically ordained through that. And so we're also going to ordain her as, through Thrive Community Church as well. What does that mean? God has already appointed this. As a church, we just affirm what God is doing. We affirm that and say, hey, that's, what we, that's part of our vision at Thrive Community Church. That's what we're here to do right here. We're here to raise up the saints into the works of service. And she, I actually talked to, uh, to Elizabeth, and I said, listen, this would bless the church uh, if you'll allow us to do this. She said, absolutely, I'd love to do that. She wants everybody to know, do you want to say it? That if God can do it through me, he can do it through you. That, that's the perfect example of what we're doing. So equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. She caught vision at some point. God spoke to her and she said, I got to do the work to get there. Yeah. And so if you will, stretch out your hands towards Elizabeth right now. Tony, if you'll help me and, and pray over Elizabeth. Father, we just thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we just affirm what you've already appointed, what you've already put into place. Thank you for the blessings that you've placed upon Elizabeth. Thank you for the anointing. Lord, we just ask for more, your increase of anointing, your increase of wisdom right now in Jesus' name. Lord, we, we ask for an increased measure of favor as well. Lord, we ask that you, you open up doors into her personal uh, business, her personal finances, finances and resources. Wisdom, Lord. As she serves you, that you give her new, new dynamics of thinking, new thought life, new perspective, Lord. Lord, let it be heavenly wisdom that pours out upon her and strengthens her in the night when things grow weary and grow difficult and there's the attacks of Satan, Lord. A reminder that joy comes in the morning. Joy comes in the morning. Joy comes in the morning. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for joy. Thank you, Jesus, for joy. Thank you for raising up your next generation. Thank you, Lord, for the trials that have already set in place that are going to grow Elizabeth into everything that you've called her to be. Thank you that we get to be a part of that in this season. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Elizabeth, I, I, when I was praying, we were in worship, and, I, and I, I just saw people around you, and I just saw, I saw hearts, just the hardness of hearts just being broken open. I literally saw them split, 
and I see even now flesh, like hearts really being made flesh again. I, feel, I see people weeping and mourning and crying, but I see restoration and healing through all that. I see that, I see just, it's almost like you've got just small groups of people just sitting around you, and, and it's almost like an old revival setting to where people are just coming because they're finally seeing that there is an answer to their problems, their brokenness, their wounds, their issues, their trials, things that they've been holding on since five years old, four years old, and they didn't even know how much those things were controlling them. But I just see those, I just see a big heart just being broken, and it's a heart of stone, and there's just a beating, bleeding a heart of flesh underneath that. And so uh, I just thank you for stepping into what you're doing. And I thank you for being willing to fight the battles in that war zone right there. And we're going to pray for you. We're here to serve you as your leaders. We're here to do everything that we can for you. You just let us know. You just let us know what we can do, okay? We love you. And here is, here is right here, a certificate. Now, this is, this is for man, right? This, this, is, this is one of those things, this is for man. But the laying on of hands... That's truly the spiritual thing that took place today. I want us to know that. We're not talking about religion, and this is tradition. This is great. You know, people, we want this, but this is spiritual right here. This is a transference of anointing, and there's a promise in Scripture over that. So we want to give you this right here, and so thank you for all that you do. So proud of you. So proud of you. Good job. Good job. Love you, man. Love you. And then next, if I can, David and Jeannie Pierce. David and Jeannie Pierce. David and Jeannie, actually, I wish I had enough time to just let them share everything that God's put on their hearts. They, uh, in 2011, did prayer on the square and just saw some amazing things happen. And there were some a lot of shifts that begin to take place spiritually uh, in Henderson County. Some challenges as well, which is known to, known to happen whenever you're in ministry. In fact, I say, if people aren't criticizing you and you don't have adversity, you're not doing something right. So <laughs> look forward to that right there so that you know you're doing something right. <laughs> because people criticize change. They don't like change. And so... David has a heart. Love First Ministries is what they've come together. And they, it was first love, but God told them love first. It's love first. They've got a ministry in their hearts, and they're, they know that it's time for them to launch out. They're waiting for God to say, retire today, I believe. But God has told him to, to march, to just start marching. And so uh, that's, that's David's heart, is to restore prayer literally in America, to, to, to go around to, to squares, county squares, and restore prayer on the, on the footsteps of the, the government areas, Washington, D.C. even. God gave him a vision of fires just lighting up all across America and, and starting here in, in Henderson County and starting really through, through bringing that prayer, restoring that prayer back to, back to the government, back to our counties, back to our city and our states. And we know everything starts small and grows outward from there. And, and Jeannie just has a heart for any, per, any person in an emergency situation. I tell you what, so uh, she has this emergency response team that is in our heart, love first, uh, love first emergency response team that's in her heart. And so you'll, you'll see, and I challenged her, hey, get some of our people together and start preparing some of these packages for those moments when that happens. So you're going to see that. That's going to be one of some of those serve moments, those gatherings. You're going to see... Uh, Jeannie, or us helping Jeannie put those together so that you men and women can start to help prepare for emergencies that will come. And so this is on their hearts. This is exactly, 
And I'll say in advance, before we, before, when I was in worship as well, praying for you guys, uh, just saying, hey, Holy Spirit, what do, you, what do you have to say? What do you want to show me? What do you want? What are you saying about David and Jeannie? And what I saw was literally, because of the years have passed, I saw there was, a, there was a puddle of oil at your feet, and it had been dripping from you. It had been dripping from you. Uh, but now I saw that you were in the season where you, you were carrying that oil. Where you walked, there was authority and anointing left in those cities, those places where you walked because of the puddle of oil, the anointing that you've been standing in because you kind of, you, you were just there and it was dripping there, right? But God says, I'm taking that with you. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that with you where you go, and you're actually going to leave the anointing. You're taking the anointing, and you're leaving the anointing. And so there's something about that even now that I hear him saying is there's something about fathering those footsteps. So there's, there's a place where you go where you're going to create relationships, but then you're, you're going to have to father those relationships too. And so that's your heart. I, can, I know that already. You're huge with relationships. And you have a heart of a mother, a spiritual mother. You, you are a protector and a provider, a caretaker. You're going to take care of what, what, what steals your heart. And I just see the two of you working that together, father's heart and a mother's heart, and truly taking care of what the anointings that you leave behind where you go is really going to bring healthy restoration into the body of Christ, too. If you guys will extend your In fact, Billy, uh, Billy Sissel, would you come up here and, and pray with us? Billy is actually uh, David's spiritual mentor, has been for years. And I, want, I invited Billy to come up here because, one, we need to see how important it is to take on mentors in our lives. It doesn't matter how old you are. And these guys are young. These guys are young. <laughs> but we all need spiritual mentors. We all need accountability. We all have needs. And so, Billy, thank you so much for, for mentoring so many that you've mentored in Henderson County. So if you will, would you lay hands on David and I'll lay hands on Jeannie. If y'all will extend your hands towards this uh, couple. Father, we just thank you so much. Thank you, Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. And Father, we just affirm what you've appointed. We affirm what you've appointed in Jeannie and David, and we say yes and amen. Your word says everything in Christ Jesus. Yes and amen. Thank you, Jesus. And we just ask for an increased anointing on them, Lord. We just ask that you, 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 you pick up the puddle and take it with them and just drip their feet. Let their feet just be dripping with the anointing oil. Lord, let favor and resources just pour out upon them as they journey out into this venture for you, for your kingdom, Lord. Lord, let, let there be peace of mind in the things that they have to, at times, leave behind, knowing that you are taking care of those things, that you are fathering and you are fostering those things as well. Father, I pray for wisdom. I pray for insight. I pray for boldness and courage. I pray for the strength to get out of the comfort zones and to recognize those comfort zones and choose to launch out of the seat of comfort. Father, I pray that it's just discomfort that becomes comfortable over seasons of time. And Lord, I pray that you, you protect them, you give them peace of mind in the midst of danger and trial and circumstances that rise up and try to, try to extinguish the fire that you're putting, you're, you're putting together. And Lord, we just thank you and we bless you, we bless your name. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, 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 amen. That's a good word. I didn't, I didn't mention that David was going to help us with funerals and weddings, et cetera, too, and that these guys are an extension uh, outreach. Yes, well, in Jesus' name.
Well, guys, I, I have a favor for you. If you will, if you'll put the floor plan back up there, if you'll reach towards the floor plan also, we're going we're gonna to have the floor plan up here. I would love for you guys to come and sign the floor plan. But what I really want to, this call to action in this is, I want you to, I want you to move the needle forward. I'm not even going to ask you to go and pray and see what you can, because you won't. <laughs> you won't. Or you, you'll go and pray, and then you'll forget about it after lunch and then nap. I'm serious. I, I want you I want you, Start praying. Pray, you've been praying, pray longer. Pray harder. Pray more intentionally. Pray in, with engagement. Be in the Word. You've been reading? Read longer. Read more purpose. Read, say, Holy Spirit, read me in this Bible. What is it that you want to change in me? Move the needle. You, have, you serve, or maybe you haven't been serving. Serve. Just start serving. You know what? Maybe I don't think I have the time. I'm going to do it anyway and watch God make time. I promise you He will. I promise you, he will make room for you if you start applying the grace that he's giving you already. We have many givers in this church. Thank you so much for all the giving that you do. Those of you who are not giving, listen, start to give. Test God. Test God in the tithe. Return back to him what already belongs to him and watch him move in your life. You've been giving. Me and my wife, we sat down this week. How can we give more? Change. Move it into that. that Pastor Robert says there's, there's giving. There's, re- there's returning, which is the tithe. There's giving, and there's painful giving. Move into the painful giving, where it hurts. We're not from the convenience. Stop giving from convenience. Move into that place where, you know what, I'm going to move into a deeper level of faith. I've been here. I'm going to start giving from pain. I'm going to have to let go of some of my comforts. I'm going to have to miss a few Starbucks. I'm going to have to miss a couple of pairs of shoes, ladies. Move that needle. Move that needle. If you will, reach your hand. There you go. She said, stop preaching and stop meddling. Start preaching, stop meddling. Hallelujah. <laughs> I see the Lord touching your heart already, honey. <laughs> if y'all will, reach your hands towards this building plan. Let's just pray for God's favor. Father, we thank you so much and thank you for what you do. Lord, we don't need, we just need, we, we want the facility to supply, supply the need to facilitate the building up of the body and the edifying, the sending out of missionaries. It sounds strange. My church is trying to get rid of people. We're trying to develop people and send them out to be world changers. Father, help us pour out resources. Sell a few cows on those hills, Lord Jesus. Move people, Lord. But Lord, let it be that it's, it's anointed for the purposes that you've called it to for. And I pray that you raise up leaders in the meantime to help facilitate the growth and the development of a real church, and that's your people. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. I want to invite you guys to come forward. Yes. Yeah, let's clap. Let's give God a praise. Let's give God a praise. I'm telling you, there's nothing greater than truly living out and being a part of God's vision and watching Him do amazing miracles in the midst of everything. I want to invite you guys, if you will, you can just put it down on the, on the, on the ground there. If you guys come and just sign this, one day we're going to put this in the lobby, put it out in the foyer. We're done here. We want, to, we, want to, we want to thank you for being a part of what we're doing, what God is doing through Thrive Community Church. 
So I thank you for being here. I thank you for catching vision. And I want to challenge you just to move the needle. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let me pray. Father, we just thank you so much for every person in this place. Thank you for the heart that you've given them. Thank you for the strength and the boldness. Thank you for grace, Lord. And we just pray for more grace and more strength, more courage, more confidence. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. You guys, if you will, just come forward and sign this. We're done. You have a blessed week.